Hello, hello, and welcome to the Yes Girl Live podcast. I am your host, Christina Garcia, spiritual life coach, sound bowl practitioner, and your ultimate hype girl. Y'all, thank you so much for tuning in. I am so super excited. Like, my heart is racing and it's pumping because I have my boo on the other side of the screen right now. <laughs> He's a spiritual, intuitive, and mentor, a rock dealer, MC slash comedian, because you got to check out his shows every month with Just Be Inspired. And I'm telling you, he be putting it down. <laughs> He's a creator of the Rainbow Temple, an unashamed bougie, but hella real diva, an explorer of the shadows, and as he calls himself on Instagram, an opinionated homosexual hashtag terapist which we're going to get into and talk more about but i'm so excited to be introducing you all to Ikaru. hello oh my god i'm so happy to be here thank you so much ah <laughs> oh, i am so thrilled that you agreed to be on my podcast so thank you so much for taking time out of your day to just hang out vibe out and let the world like hear your voice and all your things. So tell us, tell us a little bit about you. So you are what you call the tarotist. Yeah. Tell us a little bit more about that. So um, I, starting my tarot journey, I, you know, I, I think everybody comes to tarot, or not everybody. I'm generalizing, but most people, and myself included, came to tarot and came to spirituality when I was not in a good, like, just mental state. I was not happy, not in a good mental you know, mindset. And I was just like, Oh, God, um, I need to look for something bigger than myself. I have some kind of like religious trauma going on. So I was like, I don't want to go to church. I don't want to find a religion. I just want to like, find me connect with me and just like vibe out like that. So then I found a crystal shop that was like a block away from my old job. I was like, Holy crap, I can walk there. Like, that's I feel like everything in Florida, I'm in Florida and everything is like far away. Uh, so to find a, a thing that was like a block away that I could walk, it's pretty incredible. And that's how I discovered, that's where I discovered tarot. And I just got really curious and started opening up my mind to tarot and learning more about it. And I started seeing, because I guess my mindset towards tarot was always kind of, one, from, from Hollywood movies, very sensationalist, but also... I can predict the future. I'm going to see what's going to happen tomorrow or the next month or next year. Um, but I started realizing that it's actually very much about a mirror back to the self and how I started seeing my subconscious and certain fears and certain blockages I have reflected back to me. I was like, this is really interesting, but I also need to figure out how to work through this. Um, now that I'm empowered with this information, what do I do with it? So then I, I started becoming very curious about psychology, about therapy. Because it's like, okay, you know, you, in therapy, you kind of uncover all these things about yourself. And then you're like, now what? And then you have somebody in front of you, a, ther a therapist, right? Uh, to, or a life coach or anything like that to help you walk through that, those, those shadows, those shadow moments and those self-discovery moments. And I was at that moment, I was kind of doing everything myself. And I was like, how, what else can I learn? How else can I deepen this practice? So I don't know. It was one day I kind of, I kind of I had this epiphany of like, and the way I also, when I started um, going back a little bit, I'm layering the stories here, but 
going back a little bit, when I started reading tarot professionally, I started listening to myself back and also to my clients being like, wow, like the way you talk is like, you don't just tell me what's happening or what's going on, but you kind of like walk me through it and you help me process and digest and metabolize like all these things. And I was like, I do. That's awesome. Thank you. And then I, I took on that responsibility and I saw the responsibility that I have of, I cannot just drop a bombshell that sometimes Tara will do and leave them high and dry and go, okay, now you're the one that's going to deal with the rebels right now. You're going to, you're the one that's going to like sift through it. I'm like, no, it's a huge responsibility for me as a tarot reader to help the other person as I helped myself. Mm. Um, so I started listening to my own voice and going, I kind of do sound like a therapist. I'm definitely, I'm definitely not, you know, uh, classically, let's say trained in psychology, like meaning I don't have a degree or I didn't go to college for it, but I follow a lot of psychologists. I read a lot of books about psychology and I just kind of consume that part. Eventually one day, I definitely probably would go back just to kind of get some sort of degree and say, Hey, I am a little bit more trained now traditionally, but yeah, I just started listening and being like, I do kind of sound like that. And and having people come to tarot and seeing that they just want to be heard mm-hmm. and they just want to kind of like unload and, and drop this heaviness that's on their heart. Um, so when I saw the word tarot and then therapist, like I kind of meshed it together and I was like, I that's kind of perfect. That's kind of like already what I do. And I was like, I'm going to adopt this word. This word is mine now. And it's it's become like my my title i guess i was on i was for a long time i was searching for a title because i was like what what do i do like who am i like i'm a tarot reader but people kept saying which i've been very blessed but people kept saying i'm like more than just a tarot reader like i kind of offer coaching and things like that but i'm also not trained in i don't have a degree in like life coaching i know you're supposed to kind of have that training as well uh which eventually sure i would love to do that too manifesting abundance for myself so I can learn more and more and expand more and more. But so far I learned from people that I follow and I learned from books and from, you know, verified like YouTube channels. But yeah, that, that word to me, just like when I heard it, it clicked. I was like, this is it. That's the one. <laughs> oh, so good. It's so genius. Like literally when you were like, I'm dropping a podcast, which we get to talk about too. But when you told me you were going to drop it and you told me that was your name, I was like, oh my gosh, this is like genius. And it's totally a play on words and absolutely fitting to the person that you are because it's it's like catchy, but it's a little sassy, but it's also very real and it is what it is. So I love that. Um, I want you to take us back even further when you talk about religious trauma. I know you and I kind of share aspects of this, but I'd really love to go deeper on that with you because there's so many of us that are in this like in-between paradigm of especially with all the change that's happening in our society today. We know we're questioning faith, we're questioning our position and our purpose. So like, what did that look like for you? So I grew up Catholic, not practicing. Uh, I grew up, I'm from, I'm from Brazil, born and raised. Um, I know. And I, I, I grew up Catholic, like I said, but never practicing. We never really went to church. We just kind of like, 
I remember sleeping over my grandma's house and we would pray, right? Pray to Jesus, pray to Mother Mary. And I, I kind of still do that. I love that. Um, and I, I just, now I kind of just pray to, to the God, right? To, to the all there is or whatever, to the universe. But that was like my upbringing. And also um, in Brazil, there's a huge African influence, mm. right? Because Brazil has a huge history of slavery, kind of like in America, uh, Brazil, same. Colonized by the Portuguese, Portuguese brought slaves. And then it's just a part, carnival, for example, is huge in Brazil, but that's an African um, feature, really. So I grew up like kind of hearing about the Orishas and like Yamanja and Oshun and like all these different gods and goddesses from African descent, but never practiced, never really questioned anything about it. When I moved, when me and my mom moved to the to the U.S., one of our best friends was actually I don't know I don't know her story that much and how she became evangelical, but she did, and then she kind of like told my mom like, hey, you got to find a church and it's got to be evangelical, whatever. And mom was like, sure, no problem. So we moved to the US and then we found Brazilian churches that were more evangelical. And honestly, looking back, it was really helpful because when you're an immigrant, like when you're an immigrant, any kind of community is welcome, right? Because in that church, people had jobs and then they could find you a job. I remember like uh, immigrant, especially like Latin immigrants and the women kind of become um, housekeepers, right? They become cleaners and stuff. And then like these rich people would just, oh, I have a bag of clothes I'm giving away. Do you want it? And they're like, yes, I do. You know, because if, even if it doesn't, doesn't fit my family, it will fit somebody at church. Um, so it really was a good community. But moving here in 14, I was also coming to terms with my own sexuality. So being gay is not okay when it comes to the evangelical tradition. So I, I was very forced to hide a lot of myself, you know, um, not that they would really do anything, but actually I take that back. There was one church where we would have um, those Bible study groups. We would go to someone's house and have those groups. And I was a part of that. And I liked it because the people there were really nice and they were my friends and I didn't have a car. I couldn't drive at the time. You know, you're young and you, you don't, you know, no money for a car, nothing, nothing like that. So that was my form of getting out of the house. That was my source of entertainment, my sources of friendships. But um, the youth pastor that was the leader of our community, of our little Bible study, I'm starting to come out. I've, never really been shy about who I am. Um, I just am who I am. But um, having these certain conversations about being gay or having thoughts or whatever, he wanted to meet with me like an hour before everybody would get to his house. We'd always meet at his place and he wanted to meet with me um, to pretty much like therapize me. He's not a therapist. He has no training in it, but he wanted to convert me is what it was. He wanted to make me straight, pray the gay way or whatever. And I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. And I was like, bro, this is not going to work. Like in my head, I'm like, this is not going to work out. But our sense of belonging as human beings are so strong. And I didn't have a way, or at least I didn't see a way out. Right. I, I'm, I used to be somebody who's very closed off. So something like that, I didn't tell my mom. 
I wasn't like, mom, I need help. Like, I don't want to go back because I didn't not want to go back. I wanted to keep coming back because I liked the friendships that I made and I didn't want to lose um, the going out part and the connection part, even though it was kind of hurting me. Um, but yeah, so he would take me to, to his room and it was just like, he would try and talk to me, but I was very quiet. I was like, I don't know what you want from me. Like he, I don't remember exactly what questions he was asking or just what kind of conversations he would say, but it was mostly just like the Bible doesn't like this, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, okay. Like I have nothing to contribute to this conversation. I was just saying, okay, okay, okay. Um, but then years later, that stopped. I got my own freedom. I got my car. I was able to just explore myself more and um, build different friendships and different relationships. But in that, um, after that church, me and my mom started going, we moved and we started going to this American church. So now we moved to the American church called Calvary Chapel in Florida. It's like a huge mega church. And I was like, okay, cool. This is fine. I've never been mad at Jesus or anything. I never really coincided in my mind that Jesus is the problem. I always thought these people are just idiots. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just looking for a place to belong, you know. But same thing. So I started going to Calvary and then they, I think it was like Wednesdays. They always had this like big theater with all the youth would go. And I'm like, okay, cool. I want to meet new people that kind of like vibe with me. And like, right. And I, I want to like, Again, connect and just build friendships. Um, again, I would I was going to this like group of uh, guys, which also coincided with me wanting to heal my masculine side. Like growing up in Brazil and of course being gay, I always found it easier to be friends with women, with mm -hmm. girls. And I was like, hey, I want to heal this part. I want to I want to make friends with men. I want to know what that's like to have like a guy friendship. So then in the Calvary Chapel, there was a guy's like study group. And I was like, cool, we'll meet at somebody's house. And actually they met like really close to my old apartment. And I was like, great, so we get to meet, awesome. And the guys were nice, nice enough. Uh, same thing, I was just trying to build friendships and I couldn't really travel much, right? Um, but the biggest issue was this one guy, the leader, he was just, such a tool <laughs> so close-minded but at that point i was not shy i was not hiding who i am i am a gay man i'm i vibe with jesus i don't care were you, and how old are you at this point i was about 17 okay. 17 18. um and then this guy is at my apartment like we we were meeting at this other guy's house for some reason he couldn't do it anymore so i was like hey we can meet at my place you know so we were meeting at my place one beautiful night we're all meeting and this guy is like preaching whatever and then he goes and he starts talking about how god hates gay people and i'm like oh god you're in my apartment and you're going there and then he says the f word um he's like god hates fags blah blah and i was like oh my god i was offended of course I was, but I wasn't even pissed or angry. I was just like, damn, like you just, you proved to me exactly who, who I, I knew you were to be. So I couldn't even be mad because I'm like, I already knew you to be this way. I just really thought that we kind of had built some sort of relationship where you wouldn't use that word, where you, you didn't, you wouldn't use 
that um, ammunition like against me in my own apartment. I mm -hmm. thought you had more respect for me than that. So after that day, I was like, I'm never going to see them again. So I was done. Um, so I, I don't really carry like any heavy weight on my heart about it. Um, I mean, I guess I do. I should take that back because I take some weight because it's like, like I said, I don't really, um, I don't really pray to really Jesus anymore, but I'm, I'm not mad at him. Like I'm, I still believe that he is an energy. I, cause I vibe with like so many different spirit guides and angels and ancestors and gods from like different pantheons. Right. That Jesus is still there. And I don't, I have no, no qualms with that name or that I don't have a problem with that. If somebody says Jesus, I'm like, okay, cool. Tell me more about that. You know, but I do have a problem with, with, um, fundamentalist Christians because they have proven to me over and over again, that they are the last people that are willing to listen to anyone. Um, because they're the ones that are right. They're the ones that know it all. And I'm like, I don't even have the time or the patience. So I'm just done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like that that need to or that right to know or that I'm always right. It, it it's so closed off and how can you expand in a place where you feel so restricted? And it sounds like that's that's where it went, but kudos to you for stepping into your own power and knowing that hey, this doesn't support me anymore. This doesn't feel right to me because a lot of us feel pressured to stay in those situations because of you know whatever codependent issues we carry throughout our lives of like oh well this is what i have to do versus like well this doesn't feel right so how do you how do you like guide since you coach so many people about this like how do you guide someone to be able to like know that that's happening to them like that they're starting to feel off but then actually like follow through and listen to that because that that is not something that you just like learn overnight right like there had to be something along the way that helped you kind of fine-tune that so like how would you do that that's a good question um because i don't have like a moment where like i was taught that yeah um but I guess I was, I was taught in some way just by life because I was bullied every day of my life mm. growing up in Brazil. Verbally, thank God I never got into a fight or like a physical <laughs> fight. I don't know how to fight. If somebody punched me, I'd be like, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> same, same, same. I am not a, I am not a fighter. <laughs> I got a lot of fighting words. I got a lot of <laughs> attitude on the face, like the face if I get real mad, but it won't go any further than that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I can, I can definitely like, you know, uh, sharpen my tongue. But uh, if it comes to like a physical altercation, I'm like, I would just cry the whole time. <laughs> but like being bullied, I think it, it's the blessing, I guess, if I can, if I can call it that, that came of it is, it came from kids, you know, of course, calling a fag or like calling a girl or calling which. So it's so, so stupid to call somebody a girl. It's like, they're strong as hell. And you're calling me a girl? Like, really? That's supposed to be insulting? Be better. Um, <laughs> find a better insult because that's well, that one is awesome. You're like, actually, that's an empowerment. Thank you so I'm much. Like, Thank you very much. Exactly. <laughs> no, but, you know, growing up like that from such a young age, hearing those words from people that don't even know you. Mm. 
they would just see me sitting. I remember I was just sitting there waiting for, I think my mom to come pick me up or something. I wasn't really moving. I wasn't like crossing my legs, you know, at the knee or something like, like quote unquote women do. Right. This kid just like run up to me and like gave me a picture of this woman. He got it from a magazine who was wearing a bikini. And I'm like, what am I supposed to, like, what do you want from me? And of course I, I like in that child's mind, you're thinking, Oh, I get it. You want me to like, be like, Oh, that's hot, whatever, bro. And it's like, that's not me. Plus just like overly objectifying people. And I'm just like, so I kind of like tossed that aside, but it, so it's like these bully moments of people that have no idea who I am, but they make a snapshot judgment and they, they, they do something about it. Uh, or they have to like call you out on it. Or they have to just kind of poke at it and point at you. And I'm like, that's who I am. Like, just as you are you, I am me, you know? So I think that subconsciously that just strengthened my own identity. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't know how to be any. I remember actually crying to my mom, like in my teen years, being like, I don't know how to be anybody else. Like I'm hurt by being who I am because being bullied for being gay, like Jesus Christ, that hurts, right? That sucks. But I don't know how to be anything else. I don't know how to be anybody else. And I don't want to be anybody else. So I think that just through life and through like verbally getting punched in the face every day, you kind of get up because you have to get up the next day and do the same thing over and over again. And it's like, I... I get to be a voice for myself and I get to be like, you know what? I'd rather be alone than to be treated or be around this. So cut, you know, forward to this guy in my own apartment calling me a fag. Like I was like, no, I'm looking for friendship and I'm looking for, for love. This is not it. This is not the friendship I want. And I will be alone. I will be by myself and I'll be my own friend. And I'll cry myself to sleep if I'm feeling really lonely, but I would rather than have the bullies from my youth be back in my adulthood. I will not. Um, to have the bullies like come back in my teenage years and my adult life, I will not have it. Um, so yeah, I, I just, I built of comfort. Of course, it's also like a defense mechanism. <laughs> But I've built the comfort with being alone. Mm. You know, I, I do a lot of things myself, like my own business, um, my, po- you know, we talk about the podcast and things like that. And like the editing, the, the, I'm a very lucky where I'm, I have many different talents. So like I'm a graphic designer too. So the posts you see on my Instagram and like the intro and outro stuff that you see on my YouTube channel, I created all of that. So it made me incredibly resilient and smart to be like, you know what? I will do it myself. Thank you so much. But at the same time, I'm a little bit exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, we're, 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 okay, I'm attracting this abundance so that I get to build a team here. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, to kind of a long-winded answer, but I have built comfort around being by myself ver- versus accepting whatever connection is given to me. I, I, I'm like, no, I will choose. I will choose you. You don't get to choose me. Mm. I will choose how, you know, how deep I get with you, how close you get with me by seeing your actions, by seeing how much 
how open you are and like how safe you are, then I'll like, all right, we'll talk and we'll, we'll get together. Oh, I love that. I love that. And you, and you actually, not only do you keep your control and your power in that, but you also chose you. Like you were like, I get to choose you and you and whoever I want in my space. But you're like, bitch, no, I'm choosing myself. Like ain't <laughs> nothing in this world that is more valuable than that. And it's beautiful that intuitively through your experiences of feeling the opposite, because I'm sure in those moments you feel like there's a level of you that was like, oh my gosh, like what am I, a piece of crap? Like, am I so not worth anything? But it's knowing the opposite of, of that, like knowing how bad that feels to really amplify that, you know, there is a better way to feel than to feel what they're thinking they're giving me the power to me to not feel. So I think that's really a beautiful way to like touch base on it is like and that kind of goes into shadow work right because you when you play in the shadows you see all these quote-unquote ugly and hard and very difficult things but it's a, how do you flip it so you can see the illuminated side so the dualities play a part in that is that kind of like how you see shadow work or how do you how do you delve in that area because i know this is like one of your expertise because do you are you do you have scorpio in your signs I think the only Scorpio I have is in Pluto. Okay, okay. Which Pluto kind of rules a whole generation, so a lot yeah. of people have Pluto like in Scorpio. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's my only. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So with Shadow, I have a lot of Pisces. You... Oh yes. I have a lot of Pisces. Okay. I have like three placements in Pisces. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Emotional, fluid, water being you. <laughs> yes. So yeah. it makes sense because like water ocean deep you go deep into the shadow so explain to us too like how you got like kind of pulled obviously if you look at your your signs like that's where you like to play you like to splash in the surface but you probably also like to swim to the depth so what is that like for you how do you get called to that i got curious because you know going back to my childhood like these people would make that snap judgment and I'm like, that's, you have no idea who I am. Like, that's not me, you know? And then fast forward, you know, as I said, I wasn't in a good mental place, just lonely, unhappy. Like I went to school for graphic design. I was working as a graphic designer and I was like, well, I set out the path that I was meant to be on, right? I got a degree. I got a job on, on my degree. Now what? You know, I am, I, how old was I? I think I was 29. 28, 29 now when I got that job and I was just sitting there and being like, so I'm supposed to do this for the next like 30, 40 years. And then, and then what, right? Get a, a little travel or something here and there. So when I discovered tarot and I, and I discovered therapy and I discovered that, wait a minute, I can ask myself questions in this, you know, I didn't know what a higher self was. Uh, until I started getting into spiritual into the spiritual path, and I started hearing these words. This is like spiritual vocabulary we just throw around. But people don't, people don't know what they mean. Mm -hmm. And I was like, "Higher self? What do you mean by that?" And meditation and things like that. And I was like, "Oh, wait a minute! I'm actually asking myself questions and kind of getting an answer. Where's this answer coming from?" Um. And the very, the very thing that scares people off of tarot is the very thing that brought me to it. 
which is the scary cards, the Ten of Swords, the Devil, the Death card, the Tower. These are very dramatic cards when you look at them as images. And I was, a part of me was like, I know that you don't, that you are not what you look like. And I want to know what you look like. I want to know what you are underneath the surface. And it's the same thing with the self. I want to, I want to know who I am underneath the surface. Um, talk about a little bit of trauma issues, right? Being by myself made me very resilient, but it also made me, I'm going to say incapable of having a romantic relationship. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was going to be my next question was like, okay, you spent so much time by yourself, but how did that, yes, it served you in protecting yourself, but then how did that also become a hindrance in like building the community afterwards? Yeah. 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 That's still an ongoing problem when it, I mean, I've built community when it comes to friendships. I think I kind of got that part down, mm -hmm. but when it comes to letting somebody in um, that I trust and that won't hurt me, like in an intimate setting is uh, a little bit more difficult, you know? So then those questions of like, you know, as I said, as I, I keep repeating myself, but it's like, you know, going into spirituality because I had a negative mindset, um, because I saw my blocks of like, I'm not, I can't keep a boyfriend or I can't even like have one. It's been 10 years, you know, uh, since I've, last had a relationship and even then it was only it only lasted three months so it's like what is it that i see all these people living life like doing different things and i'm here and that's what drove me to shadow work it's curiosity i i needed to ask the questions and i just didn't want to ask them i wanted answers um and i started realizing that no one could really give me those answers other than myself there are tools right meditation is an incredible tool sound healing, uh, tarot cards, of course, are incredible tool to facilitate, but only I could answer those questions. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I refuse. Also, I have a, in my family, there's a history of cancer and, and uh, heart attacks. And I was like, I refuse to let that be a part of my story. Mm -hmm. I will not bottle up emotions. I will not hold anything back because I believe that the body holds these things and holds the emotions and they manifest themselves in disease. Um, and I was like, I don't, I will not allow that to be part of my story. So how can I actually allow this lodged energy to move through? And that's what brought me to, and continues and, and keeps me in shadow work. It sounds a little scary. Also, that's the other thing too that drove me to it is when I first heard the word shadow work, I was like, that sounds scary. What is it about? <laughs> Wait, so then do you like scary movies too? I don't. I oh. hate scary movies. <laughs> oh, the dualities of everything. Exactly. I do not like scary movies. I don't like scary things. Um, Halloween is not, I mean, it's fine. It's fun. I'll go to a bar and like have a good time with my friends and dress up if I need to, but it's not my favorite holiday. I don't really care much about it. But that's the fun, the funny thing about it. It's like, I will go into the deep shadows of my own heart, but I'm, I'm not going to like watch scary movies. <laughs> <laughs> and that's okay, right? Because that's, again, that goes into like you knowing you, but you would have never known that about yourself had you not started to explore. And then you bring up such a beautiful word that I think a lot of us need to incorporate more or get to incorporate more into 
our life of discovery, which is the curiosity part. The curiosity part. It's, you know, when you say like, oh, I'm repeating myself, I think the repetition is so important because there's really a theme that, you know, we have in conversations that are meant to be shared. And so it's like when you say like the curiosity part and going back into yourself, it's like, y'all, how do you shift from judgment, which is where we naturally go into curiosity? To me, it was confusion. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, as, as I said, like seeing people like, going from one boyfriend to another, like nothing happened, right? It's like, oh, he broke up with me, I'm heartbroken. Oh, I got another one. I'm like, I'm also heartbroken from my last one that happened three years ago. Like what happened? How can I, how come I haven't, you know? And I was just really confused. I was like, I'm supposed to love this job that I'm in because I went to school for it, right? And it, I mean, when it comes to like nine to five office jobs, I'll take graphic design any day. <laughs> but I do, they still like doing it. I like doing it for myself. I like doing it for, for people that I know and like freelance and stuff. But I was like, I was just really confused. Cause I'm like, there's gotta be more and these people are conquering certain things, right? These people that, that we look up to, they're conquering all these personal mountains. And like, I'm here. So confusion to me turned into curiosity. Uh, I think it's the flip side. Again, shadow work, right? There, everything We live in a duality world. Everything has the yin and the yang. And the yin in that moment was confusion. I could be confused and confusion was weighing heavy on my heart and my mind. I Confusion creates this fog that I couldn't really find answers. Whereas curiosity opens up the way for questions. Mm. Um, and I chose to be curious. I chose to walk through the fog of, of confusion and and find my way through it. Wow. Yeah, I think that that is very um, like inspiring to know that you can still go into a dark place and still find something very beautiful about yourself there. Now, being that you've been someone that has always spent time alone or or have chosen to be somewhat isolated, at what point did you ever feel like, okay, I get to seek support? Because that's a big part of community and doing the work because sometimes doing it by yourself can be even more confusing. So how do you differentiate? How did you differentiate you know, like between those worlds and then maybe even knowing when it was time, like, okay, maybe I need like more support. And what did that look like? For me, of course I can't, I, for me, I had no choice but to ask for help. Mm. Um, I've never, I've never really, I was going to say I've never done drugs. I've done a few, (laughs) Um, but I never really liked any of them. I never really had like a, a fun experience, but a part of me has always been curious about psychedelics and like seeing things. And I was like, oh, that's kind of, that's kind of cool, right? To see like rainbows when they're not there and like things like move and melt, whatever. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. I tried it <laughs> and it was the worst day of my life. Mm. It was the absolute worst experience of my life. Um, I thought I was doing ayahuasca and turns out it was like this mushroom called golden teacher or something. Um, so already right there, I was like lied to by this quote unquote shaman, right? 
um, in his living room, which was, that was sort of my first clue. <laughs> um, and it just, it, it was such an awful, terrible trip that when I came out of it, I was afraid. I couldn't sleep for four days because I was just like, I'm so afraid of like everything I saw, I experienced, felt that I was like, what, what just happened, you know? And then I had a panic attack um, about six months later. And it was another another awful moment in my life where I was just like, I'm going to die right now. Like, this is it, you know? And after, like, when the, when the I, 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 again, that day I could not sleep. That night, I should say, I could not sleep. So the day came and I felt calm. I was like, okay, the day is here. I feel a little bit better. But I can't. This is something I've reached my limit. I cannot do this on my own. I, I can, like I said, you know, I can, when that guy said the F word in my own apartment, I was like, Ugh, I can deal with you. Like I can, I can deal with my loneliness. I can deal with like not having friends, but I will not deal with you. I can, I can deal with that. But when that happened, when that panic attack happened, I don't know if it was a panic attack. It just felt worse than that, but it's the only thing I can describe it as. I was like, I do not have the coping skills to deal with this moving forward on my own. So I finally broke down and I was like, I actually reached out to my mom and I was like, mom, I need to talk to somebody. Like not just once, I need a continuous thing. And then she helped me find a therapist. My therapist is in Brazil. So I get to like um, go on Google Meet and we see each other over, over camera. And she's been helping me for like two years now. Wow. But I reached that point where I, I could not, continue if I wanted to not be afraid anymore and deal with that with those feelings of like death and the feelings of like um the, the the fears that we actually feel you know the the seven pains of the world which is like hum humiliation injustice rejection there's like a few different ones there's seven pains of humanity um and I was dealing with all of them at the same time and I was like I I, I now I need like professional help to get me to the next level I've done all I could on my own. And that's when you realize also taking it to a broader spectrum. That's when I started to realize that it's like my personal coping mechanisms were protecting me, but they were also hindering me. Mm. They were the very things that like kept me by myself and kept me lonely and kept me without reaching for help. And like any heartache or pain, which is going to happen in life anyway, I was like, oh, I got it. I can do it on my own. I can do it on my own. It's fine. And I'm thinking I'm doing it on my own. When really all I'm doing is creating a thicker and higher wall that keeps me inside and safe, but it keeps everybody farther and farther away. Wow. Um, so I had to see that to go, okay, I am the problem. <laughs> I, I <laughs> Because what I've realized as well in some way, which is such a hard thing to, to look at as a mirror, but the bullies I had back in the day, they were still in my head. Um, I did not heal from them. They were still in my head. So this wall was self-rejection. Why was I not dating? Because I will reject you before you reject me. Mm. I've already said no to you without even knowing you before you say no to me. 
So that like, oh, you're never going to be good enough. You're never going to find anybody. You're going to be alone forever. Like uh, gay is not okay. Like all these different things, they were still in my head. Um, so it wasn't that I was being by myself, healing myself. I was actually fortifying the limiting beliefs I already had. <laughs> mm, mm, that's so good. Yeah, I kept, I kept thinking like the isolation is what caused the suppression. When you thought that, you know, keeping the distance was you protecting yourself, in a way it shifted into actually I'm not really dealing with it. And that's mm -hmm. huge. That's so big. So then now, okay, so let's like take it in like a different light now. So now you're like moving through, you've been through this many dark nights of the soul, right? Many. And now you're moving through. So at what point did you start to realize that like, oh my gosh, like my experience can actually help someone because you are like, Oh my gosh, when I watch your lives and you are sharing your heart and really going in with the cards or even not with the cards and just intuitively sharing what's coming up when people are asking questions and their struggles, like you fluidly flow from a channel like above you. And so I like, you know, I admire you for that. I really do. And so <laughs> no, seriously, like I could cry thinking about it because if you guys don't know, Ikru is actually one of my spiritual mentors. I'm in his spiritual mentorship and I'm learning all the things tarot. I don't do tarot. And so I'm learning so many beautiful things with him. And, you know, he really does have this way of explaining things in such realness, but like as if he's actually been through it, like he just feels it on such a deep level. And so at what point did you start to transition and think like, Oh man, like my experience is actually going to help someone. Like, was it, was there a situation that happened that you were sharing with someone or it was another intuitive placement in your life? And you're like, Oh wow, there's something here. Yeah. Like, what was that? <laughs> <laughs> so I think a moment that really, can you hear that? Mm -mm. Okay. Okay. Good. So I think a moment for me that became a little bit more defined and said, oh, this is like a pivotal moment was when I discovered Brene Brown's work. <laughs> um, I actually never heard of her until she did a special on Netflix. Uh, I think it's called A Call for Courage. Yeah. And my mom and I were, were sitting on the couch and I was like, oh, this sounds cool. Like, I don't know who she is, but it looked like stand-up comedy <laughs> because it's her holding a mic and I love stand-up comedy. And I was like, oh, it looks like stand-up comedy, but also a call to courage. Huh. What's that about? So we started talking, you know, we started listening and I hear this woman sharing a story, right? About, and it's in her book. So, and of course it's public, you can hear it, but it's about her and her husband and how they're like swimming. And she, she's like, come have a good time with you. And, it's, and he's like, yeah, whatever. And he like ignored her or kept like dismissing her. And then she, in her mind, she's like, am I ugly? Am I like not good enough? Am, is he mad at me? Like we, we start going inward being like, I am the problem. I'm the issue. Everything is wrong with me. And then she decided to confront him and be like, hey, listen, like not from a place of like confrontation, but a place of, hey, let's talk about it, whatever. And of course, she's the one that like coined the word of vulnerability and made it what it is today uh, in our vocabulary, in our society. And 
that was, the, I think it was 2019, I believe, is when I saw that. No, I think it was the end of 2018. And then 2019 came and I was like, you know what? I'm not going to do a New Year's resolution. I'm going to give myself a word of the year. And I'm going to let um, that word be my guide. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to take the word vulnerability. Uh, I'm, I realize I'm very closed off. I don't really talk much. I don't really share like a whole lot. So vulnerability was my my personal dare. Um, so that word helped me to listen to people because also the Me Too movement happened, right? On the women and on the women front and feminism, and I classify myself as a feminist. Um, so I started listening, and I was like, I. I guess lucky enough to have never been physically assaulted, but I have been assaulted. I've had words that hurt thrown at me. I've had my personal boundaries violated. I've had my emotional boundaries violated, my mental boundaries violated. So I may not know exactly what it feels like um, in that exact experience, but I felt something similar. So when I have somebody come to me to share their pain, to open up and go, hey, this happened to me, this happened, I don't get to say, oh, I'm sorry, okay, bye. I get to say, I'm sorry, tell me more. Mm-hmm. Because I get to listen to their story and, and it's all people want. It's people want to be heard. People want to be just justified and understood their experiences validated and i'm just like tell me more i want to hear that experience i want to feel it from your words um because that's how we connect and that's also how i how we grow like if i have been closed off to other people's experiences i don't think i'd be as enriched as i am today like with the ability to talk to different people and i know what it's like to be completely marginalized and forgotten and tossed aside. So I know what that feels like, right? Like the Black Lives Matter movement happened and I started seeing this huge race of people that have been tossed aside, forgotten, second-class citizens. I'm not black, (laughs) so I don't know what it's like to say from a black perspective, but I can sympathize with rejection, with forgottenness, with abandonment, from a gay point of view and f- and from an immigrant point of point of view so it's not exact but i get to feel your pain and we get to sit in it for a little bit together so my motto is like i don't get to just dismiss i get to say tell me more mm. uh, tell me more <laughs> i just want to know more i want to know all and i that's beautiful that you were able to see the hurts in yourself but because you know it so well for you it was easier to hold space for somebody else and i think that's what true compassion is that is compassion is when you can empathize with someone and then hold space for them to share that and i think you're right you know listening is a skill that a lot of people do not have (laughs) And so you touched on something about not only listening with your ears and your heart, but like even your intuition of like, 
channeling in what they maybe need to be reflected back to them and that's kind of what you do with the the, the tarot cards too correct yeah. so you also touched based on something that i'm curious about because um you were talking about the the shaman quote unquote that gave you Ash ashwanga is that what it's called i don't even know no he gave me the it was a mushroom he gave it me was a mushroom. mushroom but he told you it was ash ashwanga ayahuasca ayahuasca <laughs> gosh okay i'm learning too y'all okay i'm learning um so then how do you like what advice would you give someone who is out there because there's now that spirituality i feel like is it feels a little mainstream right like there's a little bit of mainstreamness in spirituality and crystals and tarot readings and oracle readings and life coaching like really there is like a, a stream of that but how do you then help someone determine that maybe who they're messing with isn't authentic or isn't is part of like the mainstream line or just trying to get your money or whatever because this is very sensitive work and unfortunately yeah. it is also tainted because that shadow work also does play in those who are unhealed so what is that like how how do you help someone determine like they're dealing with someone who's genuine in their work so i take isia <laughs> when when people say I feel called right I think there's a lot of this of it's a part of our vocabulary oh I feel called to buy this crystal I feel called to tell you this uh, which is great like I've bought many crystals I feel called to and I haven't worked with them at all <laughs> <laughs> they're pretty though they're beautiful and honestly buy all the crystals they're very loving so they're they're your definitely allies and friends but when you feel quote unquote when you feel called to work with somebody even myself i'm not the one like i'm not the one and don't ever give your power away to somebody else mm. if any teacher says no you're doing it wrong this is the way run the other way because i don't believe in gatekeepers i don't believe that this is the way that to me is no difference than fundamental Christians. It's the same thing that you're telling somebody that they're wrong. There is no difference. So if you're feeling called to work with somebody, watch them, watch their videos, uh, watch their Instagram lives, look at their content and critical thinking, please, for the love of Christ, everybody out there, critical thinking, um, don't ever take a teacher at face value. Mm. Like, look at their work and be like, okay, is their work deep enough? Um, I, I'm going to say an example. For example, I was at a, a circle, right, of all, of all healers and teachers, and it was great, and everyone meant well. And every, honestly, everyone on there is an amazing, amazing person. But this woman shared something very personal. Um about like, she's like, oh, I'm a psychic. I know that's gonna happen, but I continue with the relationship, even though I know they're gonna hurt me, but I stay, why? And everyone in the comments is like, oh, it just means you have a big heart. It just means you have a beautiful heart. You're very compassionate. And I was like, I unmuted myself. I was like, I call bullshit. I call bullshit on all of you that said that. Yes, she does have a big heart. You're right. But here's the trauma that she's dealing with. She's seeing that, he, that she's gonna be hurt. She's staying, one, for people pleasing. She's staying, two, because she wants to be right and she wants to figure out if herself if her psychic abilities are correct or not. 
And three, she's giving people the benefit of the doubt. But the big one is people pleasing and also like not believing in yourself and not giving yourself the sovereignty to go, I'm going to walk away. So screw your quote unquote big hearts. These are the problems that I'm seeing. These are the issues that I'm seeing in your voice and in your language. If they make no sense, leave it. Then forget everything I said. But if they do make sense, they hit something. Now you know what to do. Because I'm sorry, but like telling someone to have a big heart is a beautiful compliment, but it leads nobody nowhere. It uplifts, but it doesn't heal. It doesn't change. It doesn't shift. We have to talk to each other and go, listen, this is what I'm seeing. These are, from my perspective, these are the issues I'm seeing. So if you're looking for a teacher, a guide, a mentor, look for that mirror. If they're saying, oh my God, you're amazing, you're awesome. You have an idea, fucking love your idea, go for it. Every idea is not amazing, I'm sorry. <laughs> Amen. You know? um, so if they're saying that your idea is awesome and incredible, uh, it's not, it's not, you know? So take a moment, look at their work, look at how they talk to their students, look at how they're, where they're coming from, right? Um, if they're doing a partnership with a different teacher, I saw this happen as well too. Two teachers were doing, I think, a live or a class. And then one teacher said something. The other one interrupted and was like, well, it's not quite like that, but I'll let you finish. It's like, that's such a weird dig. Like, let the person finish because he wasn't saying anything that was hurtful or detrimental. She was just sharing her experience. Mm. So to have that dig and cut off on someone else, I was like, mm. to me, that felt more like that other teacher was coming from ego. And being like, oh, I'm right. So I'm going to tell you that I'm right in these examples. And immediately I was like, okay, I'll listen to you. But I'm going to, actually with anyone, take it with a grain of salt. Take everyone with a grain of salt. No teacher, no tarot card reader, no healer has all the answers. And if we look like we do, that's a problem. <laughs> 100%. There's, your, there's another red flag. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. If they, you know, actually funny enough, when I started my, not even when I started my tarot thing, but my first experience with tarot cards is I went to a, a psychic reader, right? A tarot reader. And she was like, immediately she was like, oh, I, I felt, I knew that we were going to come in, you know, actually her daughter, she, I went to her, the, her house with a coworker, a former coworker of mine back in the day. And then her daughter, she's like, oh, my daughter wants to read for you. She, she kind of felt you were coming today. And I'm like, okay, whatever. But in that moment, like you were young and I had no idea about the spiritual world. So I was like, oh, that's amazing. She felt me. So it must be an awesome reading. I fully fell for it. I was like, this is going to be awesome. I don't remember what she said. I remember feeling like meh, you know. But she did say that like there was a dark cloud around me and that that's why people ran away from me. And I was like, I remember thinking, well, I have friends and they stay with me. So that's nice. But it touched on my insecurity that I was single uh, and not able to like keep a, a boyfriend. So I was like, maybe she's right. You know, so she's like, hey, I need like $70 for this candle. I'm like, that's a fucking expensive ass candle. <laughs> but I gave it to her. But then she kept asking for more things. I was like, I'm 17 years old and broke as hell. You're scamming the wrong person, you know? Um, 
So I was like, you know what? I have no money. Thank you so much. I'll keep, I'll keep my cloud. I'll keep my dark cloud. I'll keep my demon. Don't worry about it. (laughs) So be aware of these people that that's because in that moment, she told me I needed her. Only she with this candle and this ritual could take this away from me. And I believed her in that moment. And that's okay. If anyone out there fell for it, forgive yourself. We all fall for it. It's a great marketing scheme. Trust me because we're all vulnerable. But at the same time, here's my advice overall. Do not ever let someone believe that you have no power. Mm. When I'm reading cards for people and I, I've been very blessed to have been a lot of people's first tarot readers because they say, hey, you have a good energy or like, I kind of trust you or whatever. And I'm like, thank you. That is so humbling and, and, and loving to me. But then a lot of them say, oh, I don't want any scary things. And I'm like, okay. But of course, 90% of the time when somebody is new and they say that, the card, the tarot, the tarot is a little shit. <laughs> and it will come out with like a death or a devil card. And I'm like, oh, God. But so the, people, the person's like, oh, no. And I'm like, no, hold on. Because even with a quote-unquote negative message, you are now empowered to change your life, Mm. to do something with that information and change your life. I'm the terror reader. I'm not living your life for you. That woman that needed that candle for me, she's not living my life for me. I am. I'm the one that gets to, to take that information, that message, and move forward as I see fit. Do I want to keep it? Okay, then I'm not going to change anything. But do I want to change? Then I get to step up. You know, so there are no negative. What I something I've learned is that, and I continue to learn. I remind myself all the time: there are no negative messages. There are only opportunities for empowerment. Mm. So any teacher, any mentor out there that takes away your sovereignty and your power, that they're not it. Run away. <laughs> run fast the other way yes yeah i think you touched on something that's super good to take in which is that honest feedback like is the person that you're searching for support in even in french i mean this applies in friendship because we all want to be told for real like i want to be told when i'm being a little shit i want to be told (laughs) when you know i'm like acting like my shit don't stink i want to be called forward right I want, and, and that, and honestly, at the end of the day, it's like when I have had that, like even just like in my partner, with my partner, when he's like, yo, like, this is like, you, you acting a little crazy, right? Like, it, it's not in a way that I'm crazy, but it's like, I may be taking something like way out of proportion that doesn't need to be because there's, he knows my wounds and he knows like where I've, I've healed and he'll call me forward to be like, babe, like this is, this is like your wounded self. Like, you know, do you need a minute or whatever? Like, I know at the end of the day, I appreciate it even more when someone respectfully is able to come forward and be like, okay, here's the reality of what I see. Please do with it what you will. But this is this is just what is coming up. This is what is really revealing itself. And I think like what you were touching base on too with people like oh you just have a big heart with the person that was talking about her psychic abilities and staying with um staying with someone it's like it's spiritual bypassing so you really gotta be careful of that too because if someone's just downplaying your emotion and saying things like 
you have a big heart or it's just because you're so nice or whatever. It, Like, okay, that's not really anything that I can work with, right? Like you said, oh. with the big heart. No, because niceness is a social construct. Mm. Um, I know we're, you know, but look, Russians, for example, right? They're quote unquote, not nice people <laughs> <laughs> because they don't smile, they don't hug, but they're really big on family. So it's like, are they not nice, quote unquote, or just are they just not nice to my standards of like being Brazilian where you hug and kiss twice yes. on each shift? Yeah. Subjective. Each it's so subjective. Fully subjective. Like yeah. my mom, I've never had the, the privilege to go to France, but one day I will. And my mom and also somebody else that I know that lives in France, she's like, we think that French people have class and then she's like, they have no class. Because if they want to yell, they will yell at each other in a restaurant and they don't care. Oh I'm like, oh my God. Uh, in Brazil or like America, in the US, you wouldn't do that because mm -hmm. that's not nice, right? But they don't care. So I'm like, are they just not nice or are this just their culture? So, so niceness is a social construct. But niceness can also be a trauma to, to mask people pleasing. Mm to mask rejection, fear of rejection, because if I'm nice to you, guess what? You don't leave me because I'm nice to you. Mm. So we like nice people, but until I call you out and I'm no longer nice and then you reject me because uh, maybe I was a bitch. <laughs> or, <you know. laughs> um, so niceness can also be masking some trauma responses mm -hmm. uh, out there, but it's, it's that thing of like, if you're not happy, if there are things not working out in your life, which they always will, but it goes back to the self-empowerment. Mm. You got to look within and go, am I moving forward from a place of authenticity and honesty and like healing myself? Or am I conti continuously perpetuating my limiting beliefs? The brain always wants to be right. Yeah. If it's, self-deprecating or self-constructive, um, like self-uplifting, it doesn't matter. The brain always wants to be right. So if you believe that you are not good enough, it's going to look for clues and proof that you're not good enough, even, even though that is hurting us. So like we have, it's, it is a conscious effort to look for the proof of the positive, the mm -hmm. proof that, hey, I am an honest person. Or if that's what you're going for, right? If you're trying to work on more honesty or vulnerability, that it, it is a conscientious choice versus just like, I'm spiritual now, so I'm obviously an amazing person, super nice and kind and like psychic as hell and I see everything. <laughs> no! Turns out you just became much more egotistical than a lot of other people. <laughs> yes, you know who says that a lot is Ram Das. I don't know if you listen to Ram Das at all, but he is like one of my favorite teachers. And he always talks about like how when he was diving deep into the spirituality, he talked about spending years in an ashram and giving his life to the ashram. And then he's like, oh, now I'm the most spiritual. And he's like, but I was still caught in my ego because I was still letting it guide me and being like this holy, like shrine person you know or whatever so exactly it's like getting a doctorate in spirituality <laughs> like oh i have a doctorate in art i have a doctorate in this and that great society will hold you to a different standard because you have a doctorate yeah but spirituality don't care no. like you, you could have been everywhere but lived experiences will 
always triumph over academia and like books and uh, formal education, I would, mm -hmm. I would say. Yeah. Yeah. And I love, and I actually love that you don't have a therapy degree. I love that you learn things off of YouTube and reading and your experiences because that's real life. There's nothing more real than your experience, which is why at the end of the day, people should not be telling you what to do because you have all the answers. Sometimes you just need a little bit of guidance and support to see something in a different way. Because sometimes when you're too close to the fire, you get burned, right? Or, or yep. if you're too... If you're like looking into a forest and you're behind the tree, all you see is a tree, not the forest. So it's like when you're too close to it, it's hard to see. And sometimes you need someone to just be like, hey, over here, yes. look over here, right? And so, yeah, I, I love that you bring that up. So, okay, I want to talk. I know I'm like, I'm like taking up all your time here. <laughs> I have all the time for you, baby. Yay, thank you, babe. <laughs> thank you. But I really, really want to get into your podcast and I want people, uh, now that they've like, fallen in love with you or maybe they haven't and they're just like oh this guy I don't want none of this you know mm, whatever yeah. it is I'm just still very excited for people to know about how you're how you came about like deciding to have the podcast and why and where we can find it and when it's gonna drop all the goodies give us the 411 oh my god um I actually had the idea for a podcast for years I, I like listening to podcasts. Of course, going back to Brene Brown, she's got two of them, and I just devour everything she does. She's like my informal mentor. She has no idea that I even exist. Brene Brown, if you're listening, I love you. <laughs> Me too. Hey, I, I had a vulnerability episode like in the very beginning of my mm -hmm. podcast. I literally like quoted her throughout the whole thing because obviously she's the queen of vulnerability. And I literally said, I'm going to have her on this podcast someday. I don't know when or how Amen. I'm claiming it. <laughs> Claiming it right now, yes. And claiming so are you, right and so are you. We're claiming it, I received, I received. No, so of course, listen to her. I listened to Simon Sinek, who is somebody else also that I find to be incredible. Love, brilliant. And he also talks about vulnerability, but in business. Yes, he's She's brilliant. like vulnerability in like life and relationships. Mm -hmm. He's vulnerability in business. Yeah. I feel like I'm vulnerability in spirituality. Mm -hmm. So I'm gonna put myself in that trio right there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yes. Jay Shetty, for example, is another one that I find to be brilliant. Brilliant. On purpose with Jay Shetty and Stephen Bartlett, The Diary of a CEO. Oh, love it. Um, love. Absolutely love and incredible. So I've always found the idea of a podcast to be really, really interesting. Um, but I needed to mature <laughs> and the idea needed to mature. Uh, when I first started, I was like, oh, I'm going to like, I'm going to start a membership. And the podcast is gonna only gonna be for members and it's gonna be awesome. And it was called like the Power Pod or something. And I was like, that's a cute name. I like it. And then it changed a few years to like, oh, I'm gonna call it Brave Magic because I wanna talk about like being in courage um, is where the magic happens and talk to people about courage and things like that. And I was like, it sounds great. And I still, it, it's, it was in the back of my mind for years. But I was still like, is that what I want to talk about? Like, what else do I talk about? It just, it never felt concrete until I heard the word therapist. And I was like, hold up. I really like that as a title. I like that as a, as like a, maybe a name for myself, like as a title for myself, but also as a title for a show. And I was like, I want to do something with this. And that's when it kind of like, 
all these ethereal thoughts that have been in the back of my head, right? Kind of far away from my brain about a podcast or an idea kind of came and solidified and was like, turns out I have a lot to say. Um, I want to share my story, but also I want to share other people's stories. Mm. I Even though it is called a tarotist, like with tarot, the word is in it. I want to have conversations to people that don't necessarily have to be spiritual or don't surround the tarot, but they surround real life because tarot is about life. Like I call the tarot a book without a spine um, because it's these, all these different papers, right? Stacked up that every time I shuffle, they, they come out in a different order. They tell a different story. But also another thing I found fascinating about tarot is that how can only 78 cards describe and talk about the richness and variety and complexity of life? But it does. <laughs> In so many combinations, and they're different every time. In so many combinations, different every time. You're absolutely correct about that. Um, and everyone comes to it in a different way. So I was like, I want that experience. Like, again, like I said earlier, I don't get to say, oh, that's nice. I get to say, tell me more, you know, and I want to hear more. I, I want to absorb these people's ideas and thoughts and dreams and lives that they've had. And I selfishly, I want it for myself, but also I want it for others and to share and like, because that's what helped me. Another thing too that I like encouraged me to do this, to do the podcast is I started listening. I already talked about like you know trying to listen. I'm definitely not the best listener. I'm learning, always learning. But I listened to other people, and I'm like, I'm I was started getting to know all these entrepreneurs like yourself, like other people that I follow, and I'm like, I love it. These are entrepreneurs living their life, doing their thing, and I kept seeing fear. They're like, oh, I'm, I'm so nervous of doing a live. I'm so nervous of doing a YouTube. I'm so nervous of doing this, doing that, doing that. And I'm like, okay, I was too, I'm nervous too. I continue to be nervous when I do a video or I do something. But if everyone is afraid and nervous, then what's the point of being nervous? I just kind of, I started seeing that so clearly and I stepped back and I was like, Everyone is too busy being nervous with their own selves. Guess what? They're not really that, they're not paying attention that closely to my nervousness. So I'm, I, I'm going to move forward anyway. <laughs> I get to tell my fear, no. I get to tell, like a dog, tell your dog to sit down. I tell my fear, sit down. You know, I tell my fear, go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm afraid it's still there. It's going to wake up at some point and like want to eat and want to like play around like a dog does or a pet does. But if I continuously move forward in the things I'm afraid of, I get to tell it to sit down. So like I'm seeing everyone having all these dreams and like big ideas that they, that I see them so deserving. And I'm like, if you just did it, like, I'm not saying that it's going to be 
it's going to blow up. It's going to go viral and it's going to be the thing that you think it will be. But I don't know. I, I, I'm just seeing so many people, myself included, being what if, what if, what if, without actually doing something about it and, and answering that question of what if. And I don't want to what if anymore. <laughs> Hinduism really helped me with that because I think one of the spiritual laws is that there are no what ifs. Mm -hmm. Like whatever happened was meant to happen. Yeah. And I was like, that to me, that felt really liberating because I don't have to live in a what if. I want to answer that question. You know, and then I, I do. <laughs> I try and here to. we are. And here, and here we, we are. <laughs> here we are. I love that. I love the um the permission you gave yourself to expand into the idea and trusting when it was right for you to make the move in it in in spite of the fear. I really relate into obviously we're both podcast hosts, but it's like having a space where people get to tell their stories like you said it goes right back to what you said in spirituality like people just want to be heard they they want to be seen and heard and listened to and i think there are way too many incredible people that are not being seen you know on a celebrity level that get to be heard and so like you said whether or not it's just two people or 500 or 1 million at the end of the day it's like holding space for people to be able to do that is is empowering and it goes right back to you saying like it's about self-empowerment so it's beautiful that we come here at the very end because it's like everything that you touched on is really coming back to how not only are you building community but you're no longer isolating yourself you're using these beautiful ways that you've experienced your life in the shadows and in the light and you're allowing others to do the same and experiencing that alongside with you. It makes me like want to cry just thinking about the vision and the beauty of that. No, so you've definitely you. welded me up. You've definitely welded me up a few times in this in this conversation. <laughs> oh, and, and that's hard, y'all, because Icarus does not cry. <laughs> so I feel really honored right now. <laughs> yeah. I'm just no, saying. but you did. You did. I don't know if I don't know if it came across in my voice, but I was like, oh God, hold back. But actually, I, you, you reminded me of something because when you started talking just now, you brought you started with the idea of permission. You said the permission. I was like, oh, I remember something. Um, I don't know if you remember this, but I think it was about a year and a half ago or something. You took one of my courses. I was doing a course about self-love with yeah. Sasha. And you were actually an inspiration to me in that moment because without even knowing. But it, it really brought something to my mind. And that visual sticks with me to this day, which is we were on Zoom with a bunch of different people. And I forgot what it was, but I think Sasha asked a question or I asked a question. I'm not quite sure, but I remember this moment. You, I saw your hand moving forward to like unmute yourself and then you pulled back and I called you out. I was like, hey, Christina, I saw you doing this. Um, of course, you don't have to share if you don't want to. There's a safe space, no judgment. You, this is for you. But if you want to, you ha you're, I, I give you permission to share. And then you did. That moment was pivotal, pivotal for me because I realized, and myself included, I saw myself in that moment <laughs> because how many times I needed permission that one wasn't given and I didn't say anything. And I was like, oh, I really wish I should have said something because I had really something really good to say. And it really would have moved the thing like to a better place or a different place, not even better, just a different place. It would have raised like different questions or different ideas. 
and also the the power that of certain permissions I was given, you know, and I was like, well, that, that was awesome. I shared, I was nervous sharing, but I did and I felt better and I felt lighter and things moved. So that moment I saw myself in you and I saw that snapshot of like, people just really need permission to share their story and have a little space to be heard. I was like, ah, that's, that's what I want to do moving forward. Wow. Give this permission to people that deserve to be heard. <laughs> oh my gosh. So fucking beautiful. Like, I'm not even kidding, y'all. That is, oh my goodness. Well, I'm definitely going to be checking out. I will be, I've already bookmarked it in Spotify. Like, it's already in there. I'm following it. I've already rated it, y'all. And I haven't even listened. I only listened to the trailer. So yeah. I'm ex super excited. Um, so, so cool. When does the podcast drop? Do you have a date yet? Yes. Oof. I'm going to actually give it to my, give it to myself as a birthday gift, April 12th. Oh, yay! It's going to be the first episode. It'll be a solo episode, but it's the first episode. Um, yeah. And then it, it for now, my plan is to launch it every two weeks. So it, cause it's like I said, it's just me, right? I'm the one editing. I'm the one recording. I'm the one doing everything. So it's like, give myself enough that. time. <laughs> right exactly again hashtag entrepreneur you just do everything <laughs> hashtag let's bring all the abundance so i can hire people <laughs> there it is <laughs> yep amen let it be yes so it is but um but yeah so april 12th is the first episode i'm gonna do it every two weeks every other tuesday i think a tuesday sounds like a good day for me uh so every other tuesday and then it'll be like a solo episode and then an interview solo interview solo interview i love that um but yeah thank you so much ikaru okay you we're not done yet though we're not done okay. so everybody okay. april let's 12th? never be no we're never done we're <laughs> never done <laughs> okay so april 12th is when it's when it's popping off so y'all yeah. it's, it's already on there so please go follow and mark your calendars April 12th, it's dropping. I know I'll be super excited. I can't wait. I also get to be a guest, so I'm so excited. Yes. Yay. Um, it's really it's really different being on the opposite end of the podcast. <laughs> so I'm super excited because we had a really great, it was a really great conversation. Okay, but at the end, um, before we get into the very last segment, I always like to wrap it up with this or that. It's okay. where it's just a fun little way for us to get into your mind. Um, but before we go into that, uh, would you want to leave the audience with just maybe one liner or one main idea or something to kind of bring everything in that we have talked about we talked about a lot but if there's one thing that you could leave with them what would it be i think for me just like nike just do it <laughs> um even if you're confused right talk about confusion and how confusion brings curiosity like i never thought that tarot would be a thing that i would actually be doing as a business it wasn't something that I said. I was like, when do you want to be, what do you want to be when you grow up? A tarot reader. Like, I never thought about that. I didn't grow up spiritual or even religious. So I didn't, I didn't grow up around tarot readers or crystals or anything. So whatever idea you have, we all want to be successful. We all want to be sold out and have like awesome workshops and things like that. But awesomeness is built 
through resilience. Mm. Um, so like, listen to your ideas. Here's a big thing that I, that I continue to live with. And, and um, I, it's, I think it's my belief and my motivation on like my self motivation. The dream that you have was given to you by God, the universe, whatever you call it, because only you can fulfill it. Mm. Like maybe, you know, you and I are both podcast hosts. Maybe somebody out there wants to be an actor. There's already so many actors out there, but there's only you as an actor. There's only you as a motivational speaker. There's only you as a therapist. There's only you as an accountant, even. Only you as a lawyer. So whatever your dream is, the big dream, without the fears and the doubts, I believe it's given to you because you can you can and get to fulfill it the way the only you and your own special uniqueness gets like can fulfill it. So in my mind is like just do it because big dreams are made by like little steps at a time. Mm. So that's what I have to say. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Like when they say overnight success, that shit was not an overnight success. Um, <laughs> Ain't nobody overnight success, y'all. So oh, yes. and following your purpose brings money. It does not. <laughs> that's another one. That's another one that I'm like, mm, no, it does not. You know, I mean, it, I get like you're you're motivated by something bigger than yourself because mm -hmm. you're living your purpose. But to say, oh, find your purpose. You're never going to work with it in your life and you have all the abundance in the world. Mm, no, you still got to put in the grind and the work. Yes. You never going to get there if you don't actually start and do it. Mm. Mm. Thank you so much for that. That was so juicy. That was so <laughs> freaking juicy. That's a great way to pull it all together here. So, all right. You ready for this or that? Oh, I am Okay. All right. This is going to be easy one. I'll start easy. Tarot or Oracle? Oh my god, that's not easy. Um, tarot, tarot. Okay. Ah. Um, ocean or mountains? Mountains. Crunchy peanut butter or smooth? Smooth. Oh, smooth, really? I don't know if we could be friends after this. I'm smooth. a crunchy kind of girl. I like the crunch. I like the nuts. I'm surprised you don't. And I broke up. <laughs> <laughs> no, smooth like Marvin Gaye. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, yoga or breath work? Yoga. Okay. Miss, let's see, misquoted movies or miss mistaken lines in songs? Both. I misquote all of them. <laughs> I think I definitely misquote movies way more often than I forget like song lyrics. Same, same. <laughs> um, okay. Funny story or one-liners? One-liner. Yeah. Gets I'm in point. Get to <laughs> the Aries in me is like, let's go. <laughs> yeah. Ikri was like, okay, let, let's go. Like, what's the point here? Um, Meanwhile, I just talked about wanting to listen to stories from people, and I'm like, just keep one. <laughs> That's different, though, right? That's different. It is different. Um, bad breath or B.O.? Which one would you pick? Which one would I prefer to deal yeah. with? Yeah. B.O. I can do with B.O. all day long. If you have, like, that weird stomach breath, I'm like, get away from me. <laughs> you know, um, let's see. Okay, I got two more. Uh, lose sleep or skip a meal? Oh, God, I've done both. Um, I don't take care of myself enough. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag spiritual problems. 
Hashtag, as you were saying, uh, people pleasing codependency. <laughs> before yourself, we're just putting all of our dirty laundry out here. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. I guess I would, if I have to pick, I have to pick um, skip a meal. Okay. Because usually, if I'm skipping a meal, I'm doing something that I'm really involved in. Mm. And sleep, eventually, my body's just like, no, nah, bro, we're gonna just <laughs> right here. <laughs> no matter where you're at, we're right knocking there. out. Okay, last one is not a this or that, but it's a question: Is a hot dog a sandwich? It's a sub, is it not? <laughs> I don't know. A long bun. Long bun, sub. meat in yeah. the middle. Sub. Yeah. All right. I <laughs> love it. So it's not a sandwich. But is a sandwich a sub? That's true. Because if, if you classify a sandwich as anything between, like, two two buns, hey, um, <laughs> then, yeah, it would be a sandwich. So then a hamburger is a sandwich. Yeah. Okay. There you go. The, he has the spoken. Because the hamburger is not the whole thing. The hamburger is the patty. Yes. Hamburger. Yes. The whole thing is like a sandwich. Yes. I love it. That's that's my that's my answer. I'm locking it in. Lock it in. It is loaded. He has spoken. Y'all, a hot dog is a sandwich. I'm right. Everyone else is wrong. <laughs> oh my gosh, Akru, I love you so much. Will you tell the people where we can find you, please? Yes. So I'm happy to say I'm Icarotero everywhere. Uh, on Instagram, Icarotero one word. Um, Twitter, Icaro Tarot, also one word. YouTube, Icaro Tarot, two words. Icaro, space Tarot, but if you put in one word, you'll find me there as well. I recently started a Tumblr again. <laughs> nice, take it back. I feel like I haven't take had a Tumblr since like high school. I know, me too. <laughs> I didn't even know it was still around, to be honest. <laughs> it is, it is, and I actually have quite a few people who are still like on there. Nice. So, cause you never know like which social media platform is gonna be the next one. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to have it just to like put in a few posts and not go crazy, but at least it's there. Uh, so yeah, I'm Ikaro Tarot everywhere. I have a Discord as well. Um, so if you guys are on Discord and you want to kind of just hop into the hub, um, everything is in there where I, I have like different channels where I just post uh, upcoming events that are local or online. Um, my podcast is coming up, of course. My Rainbow Temple, which is my membership that you guys can also join. I put stuff in there too. So it's kind of like the centralized hub that you can definitely get into. It's also free. Beautiful. Beautiful. I love that. Well, thank you so much, Ikru, for your time, for your love, for your wisdom, and just always just being so open. I know I appreciate it. I know that there's going to be people out there listening that are going to like be itching to connect with you. And um, yeah, I just feel so honored to always be in your space and to be learning from you and growing with you and all the beautiful things. So thank you so freaking much. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been a huge honor. Um, You are a huge light uh, Mm -hmm. in this world and in the community that and i admire you so much from the beginning i was like this woman is not only gorgeous (laughs) but incredibly smart and resilient and i was like to be your friend is like a privilege so to be on here is it means a lot to me thank you so much Mm, i receive so deeply so thank you thank you thank you so much and thank you to all of you everyone who has tuned in and listened I appreciate you from the bottom of my heart that you have taken an hour and a half out of your day just to hang out with us and learn and grow with us. 
If you love what we're doing here at Yes Girl Live, make sure you like, subscribe, follow, tell your friends, tell your mom, tell your dad, tell your sister and your cousin too, okay? Because that's the only way these messages and these beautiful stories get out is by sharing and that means the world to not just me, but then everybody else that is on this pod, on these podcast episodes as well. So thank you so much. And as always, be great, vibe high. And until next time, Bye.